Which wide receiver will be this year's Adam Thielen? Which rookie running back will come out of nowhere and lead his division in fantasy points? And what wide receiver on the Patriots should you be looking to get, get on your team the most? The answers to those questions are going to surprise you. And that's what this week's Run Up the Score Bold Prediction Special is for. Let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Run Up the Score. It's Donald here with Scott hey. and Tom. Hey, everybody. Gentlemen, one of our favorite shows from last season is making a comeback. The Gilmore Girls reunion is on. No, just kidding. We're back and we're bolder than ever. It's the bold prediction episode. <laughs> I didn't follow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for those of you who don't know, uh, you know. Gilmore Girls. It's back. <laughs> Gilmore Girls is back. I think it came back last year. Whatever. It didn't come back. They put it on Netflix. And it was years ago. <laughs> okay. So for those of you who are just joining us, it's still 2014? <laughs> Lorelai? Yeah. Katie Holmes was I, a Gilmore girl? I, I don't know. Blake Lively? This is getting off the rails. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> last year we did our Bold Predictions episode. Alexis it produced, Liddell. Okay. <laughs> it produced such takes as Alvin Kamara will be the Saints' leading running back, and Charles Clay will be on pace to finish as a top seven tight end and Marshawn Lattimore will change the way we look at the Saints defense that was a nice that one too was, it will also my own back slap my own toque it that. also produced takes like Antonio Brown will finish outside the top five at wide receiver mm-hmm. so this could go either way but the all of the takes that we are about to unload onto your ears are all researched there are Very things so. that we think could happen. They're out there for yes. sure. We're not. My first one flag. is wild. <laughs> I'll, I'll just that, say it right now. But there, a there lot are, of mine are things of like that have been hinted at. You know, yeah. if you've been listening along yeah. the way, things that I've been trying to shed light on and trends that I've been trying yeah. to get people to pay attention to. So yeah, yeah. And so we've been doing that more and more. We say things to say something else. I yeah. think yeah. it's like a mature uh, version of each episode of our yeah. show. For sure. So last year we did three because we combined the um, the hot take episode or the bold prediction episode with the uh, shareholders meeting where we talked about who we ended up with and what final ADPs ended up looking like. We decided to split those into two different full episodes this Cause time. Because we're both in, or all three of us are in like a thousand leagues. Yeah. So that's And we're all in one together so we can be. use that episode to kind of I focus on the team that. that we'll be working on together. I for, you, we've been talking about the episodes we're going to do. Yeah. When you said shareholders meeting. I I didn't even I just remember what that was yeah. just now when you um, so last year we did three bold <laughs> predictions this year because it's a full special we're doing five each now last year everybody gave their three in a row Tom you and I were talking about this we got to basically up. everybody talking <laughs> for twenty minutes straight yeah, yeah. so uh, it's just gonna go around the table um, I'll. I'll go first if you guys want. If one of you really can't wait any longer to get your first prediction out there, uh, so Jimmy Garoppolo will finish outside of the top fifteen in quarterbacks. We begin. Whoa, <laughs> go on. <laughs> okay, so really, that is one of them. Yes, only seven touchdowns in those in that six game span that he right. played. Um, and he was bailed out in his performance versus the Jags with a rushing touchdown based on point totals. Right. Otherwise, though, he actually is one of the quarterbacks that I'll be poo-pooing because he does not rush the ball. Right. He actually really didn't have very many attempts, any very many yards at all. 
he kind of just waltzed on in for that one. Right. Of course, he seems he's to be like a Brady kind of guy who's only going to run if it's a one-yard plunge into the end zone. Yeah, which could be anybody. Yeah. Right. And not to mention, it's a tough division. And personally, with him, I want more from the guy who's QB9 off the board right now. Yeah. Right. We talked about that with uh, Kirk Cousins. It's right in that area of just a lot of guys that you can still build a team around. Yeah. And, um, you know... I think, like, even when Scott was talking about um, in last week's episode, where Scott was talking about Matt Ryan has, right. like, that upside potential. Right. I think we can agree that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have that. Like, yeah. he doesn't have QB He three. doesn't have the talent around him that Matt Ryan no, does, exactly. for sure. No, exactly. And I'm yeah, not blaming – I'm not saying we throw the baby out with the bathwater right. with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's probably going to be just fine. But I think he can finish squarely outside the – a 15 remark and i don't think that's uh i think it's bold but it's not yeah i mean yeah. one of the hallmarks of this show is we are an anti-drafting a quarterback early league and right. so garoppolo is kind of like that consolation prize type guy but when you get down there one bad game can really sink you in the quarterback rankings because right. a lot of these guys end up scoring like a very close amount of points oh yeah so i agree i think it i think it's quite possible that he maybe has a couple of clunkers against the Rams and maybe the Cardinal defense is, you know, still as talented as ever. And, you know, his divisional games are tougher, which means that that's four games. Yeah, the division is what led me to, you know, actually use this one. Yeah, sure. And, I mean, you look at his receivers, Marquise Goodwin. Um, Two touchdowns last year, and he yeah, played all 16. Exactly. Not Garcon. prolific in the end zone, and neither is Garcon. Garcon often hurt recently. He's yeah. getting up there in age. He's a guy that we've yeah. been talking about for Their years. leading yeah. red zone target getter from last year was George Kittle, who was, was a rookie drafted in like the fifth or sixth round. Right. Yeah, and um, they can get keen to those sort of things. So we'll see. Um, obviously, seven touchdowns in six games is not going to. If you keep that pace going, that you're not going to yeah. be a QB one anyway. No. So I'll extend. Yeah. I'll extend the uh, prediction to 15, and uh, challenge Jimmy G to do better. I hope he does. All right, I like that. Yeah, because that's playing quarterback is really the only thing he's got going for him. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, yeah, other than that, life's so pretty hard. Ugly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scott doesn't hang out with any porn stars. <laughs> <laughs> nope, none. <laughs> Neither do we, for the record. Well, Juju just denies him. Mia Khalifa tweeted at Juju, and he was like, I'm young. I'm not dumb. Okay. <laughs> That's like, awesome. You are dumb, actually. <laughs> uh, Scotty, let's go to you for your first. Life's all about perspective, isn't it, Tom? <laughs> it sure is. I'm going to get my, my known one out of the way. Um, Tevin Coleman will have more fantasy points this year than Devontae Freeman. Wow. It's pretty bold if, uh, you know, if, <laughs> if you guys have so watched, fo- watched football the past couple of years, but... You know, he's scored 19 TDs over the last two seasons, has proven he can carry the load as a bell cow, top flight receiving back, home run hitter. He's done it all. And? And Freeman's battling concussion woes and other injury problems, ankle injuries, all that. And I think one concussion is keeping him out multiple games. Freeman has said that he will not change his running style. Right. And it is exactly what will do him in. That exactly. is terrifying. And whether, you know, whether you've realized it or not, the Falcons have moved closer and closer to a split ever since those two kind of came on. For at first it was all Devontae Freeman, but now they've been closer and closer. Freeman had 196 carries, 36 catches last year. Coleman 156 carries, 27 catches. And lastly, over the last two seasons, Devontae Freeman 20 touchdowns. Tevin Coleman 19 touchdowns. Wow. So this isn't this is bold if if you've been you know paying attention to the draft boards and ADP and stuff like that. But if you look at how many touchdowns they scored and what they've actually produced, not out closer of the than realm you think of possibility. So 
And here's the last kicker for me is that Kevin Coleman's in a contract year. They've already paid Devontae Freeman a good amount of money. Restructured Julio, too. So he's going to leave. They're going to – and. Well, if there's ever a time for the Falcons to really exactly. use him and utilize him, it's a year in a, where Devontae Freeman's been coming off some injuries and he's been a little battled, banged up. Why not feed Tevin Coleman run him more, into the run ground. him into the ground before he leaves? Okay. He, he outscores like Devontae it. Freeman. It's a mutual thing because he needs to do that to show a team that he can carry the load anyway. Right. And they can just beat him into the ground if they so choose. Right. All right. My first one is has to do with another team that will be – providing carries and catches for two different running backs. Derrick Henry will double Deion Lewis's fantasy points this season. Any uh Remember when the Titans <laughs> cut DeMarco Murray? Well, any point structure to that or just you're going to go double. Yeah, but I'm talking about Take like Take Deion Lewis's point total, like half double PPR, it, yeah. and that's what um There's, let's go half. Okay. Let's call it half. That's still very bold. Yes. Full, you got to acknowledge that's basically an impossibility. We'll see. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> Remember when the Titans cut DeMarco Murray and we all shot Derrick Henry into the first three rounds of fantasy drafts? It was cool. For that was only a few months ago, but man, things have changed. Now that the Titans have added Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry's stock has slowly slipped a bit too far for my liking. People have been quick to forget that Henry was the finisher in games where the Titans had built a lead and busted off a ton of big plays through the air and on the ground. Henry has played 31 of a possible 32 games in his career nice. and shows a burst late in games that defenses can't seem to handle. Deion Lewis seems to be in line for passing down work, yes, but he's never played a full 16 games as a starter. He played in all 16 games last year only with New England, eight. but only started eight. And he won't be expected to start. He's explosive, but so is Henry, and Henry is sure to get more goal line work. Lewis can't stay on the field, and Henry won't come off it in Titan wins, which should be somewhat frequent this season. I like the argument. I think it's compelling. <laughs> I think double is a ton. But I mean, if, if you bake in the, the percentage chance for an injury to Deion Lewis, then the double really stands right. has its own legs. Yeah, right. And, and that's, that's that's something we've been trying to highlight. Lewis, that kind of seems like season. it's been a theme. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're not. I'm not belittling the bold prediction yeah. over there, Don, especially because. We know that sometimes these bad boys come true. Yep. Uh, yeah, no joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now that we have a year like this under our belt, we're like, okay, okay I see sure, it, sure. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tom, your next one. All right. John Ross III will emerge as the premier deep ball option in the NFL. In the NFL. In the NFL. The wow. league. I'm talking 40-plus bombs. He's All the gonna time. lead it. Oh, okay. So, so the so the true prediction is John Ross will lead the NFL in forty plus yard receiving touchdowns or forty plus yard catches. Uh, that's a good question. I'll I'll say forty plus yard catches. Okay, because that would make him the premier deep option. Yeah. It would. All right. So here's why I believe that. Dolphin, dolphin, <laughs> <laughs> dolphinately. <laughs> All right. Dalton with a T and no H was the eighth best. At, I guess that's where that came from, eighth. Yeah. <laughs> Dalton was the eighth best at the deep ball in 2017, despite having a pretty crappy year. Yeah, just pretty crappy is a good yeah. way to describe it. <laughs> His passer rating on the deep ball was a 90. Brady, 88.5. Oh. Of the seven quarterbacks who had a higher 2017 deeper deep passer rating than Dalton, only three of those seven – Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and Kirk Cousins also had a higher deep passer rating from 2006 to 2016. Yep. Wow. And he gets to play in an early schedule. This is the, this is crucial, boys. Right. So listen up. Oh, I'm all ears. The early teams that they get to play, 
will be just exposed if all things go correctly because those teams are the Colts. Oh, oh boy. Destroyed in the secondary. Panthers, been giving it up deep for years. Yep. Dolphins. That might be your favorite thing about the Panthers. It Tom. just hits every time. Yeah, now. it does. So it, it's like it is nice. The Dolphins, who are just bad. getting number one to overall the pick, bad. And away at the Falcons on the turf in a shootout, Where as they always found. do. Wow. With already three 40 yard touchdowns under his belt at that point. So what you're going to have to do <laughs> is he's just going to have to get on the, the bandwagon early here. He's going to have to, you know, assume that role quickly. And if he does that, he'll have the confidence. Andy Dalton will have the confidence. All that good stuff, and he can emerge as the premier deep ball guy. Wow. Let's not forget that he put out the best forty-yard time ever, ever, ever. That's why it's not that crazy. No, it really In isn't. Ever. I'm selling you Andy Dalton. I'm hardly selling you John Ross. He just has to stay healthy and, and run beat straight up on bad teams <laughs> and run straight. He doesn't even have to cut. No, wow. just run straight. Okay, Nine rounds, baby. Let's go. I didn't expect to like that one, but now I do. <laughs> Scott. Um, I'm going to go. I'll go with this one. Uh, there will be more pass catching running backs started in fantasy this year than your traditional carries type running backs. So like okay. you're saying that and I, I don't want to say it's not bold, but I, what I'm saying is like you're the passing down guys are going to start to usurp the other ones in just all formats. Like, yes. So you're saying like, I'd rather have Theo Riddick than LeGarrette Blunt by the end of this year. I mean, as an example, Uh, yeah, as an example, but I think it will be even more extreme than that. Like guys like Jay Ajayi and Derek Henry will, you'll have them and Chris Thompson and Tevin Coleman. And then you, it won't even be a consideration. You'll be starting the pass catching back because there have, there was only eight running backs last year that got, 250 carries, which is only 15 a game. Whoa. Okay, so you're saying apart from the bell cows, the guys who are middling are just worthless. Yes. Okay. They're just worthless. And and people aren't going to be okay. and people aren't going to be willing to play this. Okay, I'm going to put in Jay Ajayi and hopefully he'll get me 60 yards and a touchdown. I'd rather play Duke Johnson who will get me four or five catches. I'd rather play Giovanni Bernard who might get me four or five catches and a touchdown. Those guys are going to get more opportunity I think this year because there were 14 guys who had 50 catches last year. So there are 14 running backs with 50 catches and only eight with 250 carries. Okay, so here's where we'll uh, judge you on. Sure. Does that disparity grow by what number? So this disparity there of the carries and the catches was six. Do you think we hit eight, nine, ten? Yeah, I think that's. I think. I think like let's say ten. If it's bold, let's say ten. You know, right. I think that there will be more than that. And one of the things that I want to bring up is there's multiple guys on both lists. So there are absolute studs who are going in the first few picks. Mm-hmm. So outside of those running backs, yeah, 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 exactly. Like the value of the guys who are basically not receiving backs, just runners on first and second down, is going to be recognized to be almost nothing as the season moves on. Wow, interesting one. It's, it's, we'll see. I mean, it's not even. I think you're basically calling for a revolution of at the running back position. I had to put it to that n- numerical thing because yeah. I basically just agree. Right. <laughs> like the the league trend obviously is changing so and the drastically. Fantasy trend is PPR. And just to to name some of those guys in the top eight, you know, one of them who had 250 or 250 carries, 261, Frank Gore. 
Yeah, who wow. is not going to get that? No, no. Not but right? I will say, I just I just looked up the top ten, and and Zeke had two hundred forty two carries, and obviously missed four will. games last year. Right, and so he you got to assume he'll probably take Gore spot and David Johnson as well. Yeah, but um, everyone's claiming that Jordan Howard. There's no way he's going to see as many carries as last no. year. The same as Kareem Hunt. So right. you're going to see those guys move, and a lot of the guys who had fifty catches had. 250 carries. You're yeah. Le'Veon Bell. You're Melvin yeah, Gordon. So. You're LaShawn McCoy. You're Todd Gurley. You know what right. I mean? So those guys are known already. Yeah. Outside of them, the guys getting 250 carries or 200 carries are like, why? Why? Yeah. yeah. Frank Gore is <laughs> a perfect example. Yeah. yeah. All right. My next one. Cooper Cup will be this year's Adam Thielen. Now this kind of, there's a lot of um, factors that go into this one. So I'm going to try to just plan it out as slowly as possible. Uh, there's three components to it. Number one, supporting cast, right? Adam Thielen had Diggs, Kyle Rudolph, Cooper Cup's got uh, Robert Woods, he's got Todd Gurley, uh, he's got Brandon Cooks, uh, Higby, Goff, Sean McVay, all that stuff. So both guys in a positive outlook offense going into this season, right? Right. Let's take a look at Adam Thielen's year, 2016, 2017, the year that he kind of got on our radar, became a sleeper candidate in drafts last season. He had 69 catches for 967 yards and five touchdowns, okay? Mm -hmm. Cooper Cup last year, 65 catches, 869 yards, five touchdowns. Pretty similar wow. numbers. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Right? So that's great and all. That's but we, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that's great, right? Obviously, but we also need to look at ADP, which compared with Adam Thielen last year and Cooper Cup right now, it's about the same. Thielen was criminally going in the 11th round last year. And while Cup may, a bit, may be a bit more expensive, I've seen him go as early as the 9th round this year. Yeah. He's a near lock to return insane value on your investment, just like Thielen did last year. Now, while Thielen's 1,400 yards receiving is likely too difficult to reach for Cup, whose Ram squad looked to spread the ball around, Cup is a big-time candidate to surpass the measly four touchdowns Thielen posted last year. Given his usage in the red zone, my notes say go to Tom for the stat. Oh, third most... In the NFL, third most red zone targets, only behind Keenan Allen and Jimmy Graham. Thank you, Tom. So more than Rob Gronkowski, more than anyone named not yeah. Jimmy Graham and Keenan Allen. Last year, half Except point. Except the people he tied with. Last year, <laughs> Adam Thielen posted an impressive 194.2 fantasy points in, in half PPR. Cups a great, cheap candidate who can possibly even surpass that. So are you calling for him to surpass it or just to meet it? I'm calling that Cooper Cup is at least going to meet 194 fantasy points this year. Frat. Wow. That's Straight awesome. in the wide receiver two range. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. A high end, too. Yeah. And, you know, we've always said that he benefits the most one. from them getting, you know, more players around them because he's such a consistent presence for them. Yeah. Yeah, that might even qualify as a one, depending, yeah, on, the, uh, depending on the field. I'll tell yeah. you what, Tom. You give us your third bold prediction, and I'll take a look at the uh, top ten receivers from last year. You got it, buddy. All right, Leonard Fournette will have more receptions than Kareem Hunt this year. Ooh. All right, so if you take Leonard Fournette's games played, which was 13, and his right. average, um, and like the amount of catches he caught and put right. that over a 16-game season, mm -hmm. it's like 2.7-something okay. a game, right? So with the departure of Chris Ivory, who actually caught a lot of passes in okay. that offense, and their investment and willingness to give him the ball a little right. bit more, let's just say, um, I'm going to round that up to three, right? Okay. So if you round that up to three times 16, you're going to get 48. Kareem Hunt only had 53 receptions. Okay. You add Spencer Ware, 
You add just a maybe you know, a little Tyreek Hill. Yeah, and you action add Pat in the backfield. You don't know exactly what's going to go on with that, mm-hmm. and you can subtract five receptions away from Kareem Hunt no big problem. time. Yeah, and Leonard Fournette right there. I say this to say, Scott. I think that people are not giving him enough credit in PPR formats. It's kind of like a Todd Gurley of last year where, yes, he did actually sneakily catch the ball a lot. What I'm saying is you don't have to stray away from him in PPR. You don't have to be like, oh, well, I know he's not going to catch passes, so I'm not interested in him in the first round. I think Leonard Fournette's a full go, and I think he can easily pass the amount of receptions that Kareem Hunt had last year, who seemed to be – a prodigal son returning to the passing game. Especially at the beginning of the year. Everyone was just so happy. Right. So if you're satisfied with Kareem Hunt's PPR prospects, you should be also with Leonard Fournette. Agreed. I, I mean, love it. You're preaching to the choir with uh, Fournette. You guys know I love him this year. And I agree with you. I think that you know he showed that he can catch the ball. He even had 300 receiving yards last year. So it wasn't yeah. his yards per it catch. It takes wasn't a little, little rounding and some fudging of the numbers to, to get realize. There. Be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I did a little. He uh, was on his way, uh, but I did a little. You know, right? You know, pushing. Of it was the, a little optimistic, <laughs> but hey, you know, but that's that's what we're here for. Yeah, I that's think, why it's bold. Yeah, Kareem Hunt will. Uh, so I guess the number's 56. He'll have to beat. Kareem Hunt of last year, because let's be honest, Kareem Hunt, we are not. He ain't uh, getting complete, a fifty-six. This we're year. not completely sold on anyway. No, so no, uh, Leonard Fournette down twelve pounds from his playing weight last year when he reported to camp. Intentionally, yeah, slim down running. Yes, intentionally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he he's back down to what he played at when he was in college. Right when he had his best year at LSU, he thinks this is his, this is like his NFL fighting so weight. I'm just trying to help you build your case. Right. By the way, uh, just before Scott goes to his third, Adam Thielen up to go back to what we had mentioned that I would look up. Wide receiver 10 last year at PPR. So that's where I think Cooper Cup can get this year. Wow. Let's go. That would be awesome. Scotty, now we're ready for you. If you score enough, you get up there. This one's bold. This one's a name that you guys haven't even heard on this podcast yet this season. Strap yourselves in. Tight end for the Cowboys, Blake Jarwin, (laughs) will be a top 15 tight end. We get to call him Jar Jar. Jar Jar Blake, if so, he does good. Over the, two, over the two years that Dak has been quarterback, he's averaged a total of 104 targets to the position. And last year, there was 98 total, and eleven only 11 of them didn't go to Jason Witten. So there's just such a huge void between him and Des Bryant. There's nobody big there. If you look at their receivers, you're looking at Hearns and Cole Beasley and Terrence Williams, they're all not very big, and they're all pretty unproven, right? How about the tight ends? They have a a guy named Swaim, (laughs) who he's got the inside track to start, but like, it's a blocker guy, and he has less than 10 career receptions. This is is their number one. Rico Gathers, who's a power forward turned tight end. And he may have even been cut. (laughs) But either way... He still had a long ways to go, regardless of if he's on the team or not. And then they just drafted a rookie tight end, Dalton Schultz, who we all know rookie tight ends. Oh, we all know who Dalton Schultz is. <laughs> Do nothing. I'm so tired of Dalton Schultz but right here. one name's been coming up in the research I've been doing at the position. As you guys know, I've been paying attention to it because I want to see who's coming out. And it's Blake Jarwin, as ridiculous as that is. Jar Jar Blake. I don't think it's as ridiculous as you're making it. Sound. <laughs> as a delivery. <laughs> it's like so, like. But I mean, it's a, you know, it's like such a random name, I feel like. Anyway. For sure. He's been praised Survival by Dak. Survival of the fittest. Yeah, he's been praised by, by Dak Charles for like Jarwin. his commitment and everything. He's been regularly targeted in uh, the offseason. He's getting those early reps in with Dak in the starting lineup, you know, over the middle and, you know, using those. 
those tight end type plays. And they, all they have is blockers and basketball players at the position. <laughs> so I think there's really a chance for him to, you know, you're not, you're obviously we're, not going to pick him, but you're going to add him and he's going to be like, like, yeah, I'm starting Blake Jarlin this week. We're going to have a, a, a great celebration when he scores his first touchdown yeah, this year. Yeah, absolutely. So I was just about one to try to break thing. out a Jar Jar impression, but that's not happening. You did, I have, a, work you did have a look on your face. Give me a couple <laughs> weeks. I'll get my Jar Jar Biggs Since, impression uh, ready to go Jason for. Garrett took over as the coach, uh, Jason Witten's tight end finishes. 2012, third. 2013, six. 14, nine. 15, 10. 2016 is worth 11. And 2017, nine. Hilarious so, that he was never, like, Never given the respect as a top ten tight end either. Even though he no. finishes one literally every year. I pick him last all the time. Yeah. Yep. So I think that you might really be able to do that with Blake Jarwin. All right. Middle one. <laughs> I'm going with the one that's probably the weirdest of mine. But not really if you've been listening to the show. No Oakland Raider will finish inside the top 20 at their position. Except Derek Carr. What about my boy Jared Cook? No. Didn't swing you? Nope. <laughs> Didn't swing you? Despite being known for pillaging, <laughs> plundering, and reviving Johnny Depp's career, Pirates were actually really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot I don't want to get into, but a lot of Pirates or Raiders were into cannibalization. That's going to be a huge theme for the Oakland Pirates, I mean Raiders, this year. With four usable running backs, including the aging Marshawn Lynch and Doug Martin, the hot hand theory will be put to the test with Jalen Rashard and DeAndre Washington lurking if the old ones get hurt. At receiver, there will be even more of the same as Jordy Nelson will take on the Crabshaw role, Amari Cooper trying to break out of last year's funk, a yet-to-be-suspended Martavis Bryant lurking with big play potential, and Ryan Switzer handling the underneath stuff. Jared Cook will, will factor in here somewhere too, which means that Derek, Tar Derek Carr's treasure chest is as full of treasures as it's ever been in his career. John Gruden seems to have the utmost confidence in his QB, who played at an MVP level for two years before a back injury hampered his effectiveness all throughout last year. The Raiders' defense didn't get any better before Khalil Max decided to hold out a training camp, so that means more shootouts or garbage-time comeback points for Carr, whose fantasy prospects are intriguing at his free ADP right now. It is absolutely. He, well, is he took a turn almost free. there at the end to produce to like talk them up at the end. They might actually become wide receiver. Maybe. One through 20. But there's so many of them. Yeah, Don thinks he's just going to spread it out, and they're just going to be – he's just going to have so much garbage time. Also, that did just Pirates cannibalize? Yes, that I Googled that famous? to make sure that <laughs> – I don't think I Googled that to make for. sure that's that – That's like what like, – I was like, people stuck on like Mount Everest do, not like <laughs> – No, <laughs> Pirates. That's what I thought, too. Pirates like learning. only people that had no choice. Scurvy. Yeah, wow. Scurvy. That's how it's spread, yeah, maybe. That's what they'll do yeah. to you. You don't really get a lot of that in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. No. They don't tell you about that. That's Orlando Bloom and Kira Nelly were not competing for, you know, who that's gets what they don't first. want you to know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. No Raider because of the cannibalization of the running back and wide receiver slash tight end position. I think Jared Cook will finish will do in the top in. 20. But Derek Carr will. I think Jared Cook will do you. We in. shall see, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Number four. And it's funny, though, because I actually moved Derek Carr out of my top 20. So you could basically say that I yeah. think only and Jared Cook. In the rankings update, if Jared you notice, uh, in the rankings update, I took Amari Cooper out of my top 20. And so did I. Right. So there you go. I think I did. Either way. You probably did. Here's my other one. If you even had him there in the first place. <laughs> Let's hear it. I thought. What I, are we on, number four? This is, this number, is four. number four for All everybody. Right, we're making our way. We're burning through this one, boys. <laughs> I was going to uh, – I thought – 
If you heard my voice right there, it was like a little sad. Like my other oh, one. Man. I thought I was going to just rip on the Patriots backfield again, looking at my own notes. Oh, then this will be fun. But no, I'm not. Oh, I'm actually okay. venturing over to their wide receiver core. And this one is fun, regardless. Okay. All right. So the Patriots, I'll say this to say. Okay. That's I, a go-to uh, phrase not, for you this it's year. It's great. It's so fantasy What was relevant. the word? Yeah. What? What was the word that you said like 8 million Unceremonious. times? Unceremoniously. Unceremoniously. Oh, okay. Ready? <laughs> I unceremoniously say this to the say. The Patriots unceremoniously you go. have only had 19 1,000-yard receiving seasons in their history. Wow. From a wide receiver. Right. Five of them were from Gronk. Okay. Who's so not that's, a wide receiver. He's not a wide receiver. That's what I mean. So they've had 24 in general. Oh, 24, but five of them were – so even still, five were Gronk. a yeah. fifth of them were Gronk. Exactly. So I'm saying it's uncommon for a wide receiver to do it. Yeah. Most of them were Moss. Um, Brandon Welker, Cooks last year. Brandon Cooks actually did pull it off last year. Barely, but he Barely. got it. Barely. He did squeeze it in there. But when he did that, thank you for bringing it up because no it's problem. actually even in my notes. Edelman has done it as well, but not every time. No. And Brandon Cooks, you know, he's not an every week starter. It's not brainless. And neither is Edelman for the most part, especially if you're not playing PPR. Um, you're, you're not getting a thousand yard production guaranteed. Right. You're not sure if you're going to get a touchdown with Edelman. You know, it, it, it's always up in the air. Right. So my bold prediction is that this year, Chris Hogan will be a brainless, no doubter starter every single week to the tune of, this is where it's bold. Okay. He will outdo Wes Welker's inaugural New England season in 2007, where he received for 1,175 yards. So you'll be able to waltz. Chris Hogan okay. out there to the tune of 1,200. Okay. Okay. That's Is nice he and bold. Get to I like that. touchdown total from that year? Because I think Welker had like nine touchdowns. It's going to be left out of my bold prediction. Okay. And the reception total, I'm sure. <laughs> it's going to be left yeah, out of my bold prediction. Yeah. Scott. Just the yards, <laughs> though. I agree with you, but bro. Hey, that's He's a chunker. Yeah. He is a more of a deep threat than Edelman is. Yes. He goes for big yardage gains, and he has Tom Brady's trust. Edelman, once again, will not be there. Number for the one option. So he's going to be game planned. And he's going to be peppered. Yeah. If he can stay healthy, I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility, and he will join the illustrious club of those other 19 guys who are mostly the same people. Right. I'm going to keep it on the same team for mine. I like that. We're going full NFC East for this round. But, or AFC, AFC East. Right. For this round. So, speaking of AFC East, too, and my ties for this bold prediction, I think Sony Michelle is going to be the leading scorer in the AFC East for my all God. running backs. No that way. means more than Shady. More than Shady. More than Kenny and Drake. More than Crow. More than the Jets. More than Crow, pal. Actually, it's, uh, it's more and more possible. <laughs> more than to, Rex Burkhead. Things are starting to come together. Over the last three seasons. He only has to beat the people on his team, actually. <laughs> That's his biggest competition. He's got to beat Shady. The biggest competition, uh, yeah, is LeSean McQuaid. He's going to roll but, over and right, die. Right, he but might. it's going to be tough for, yeah, really. It's going to be tough for him to have a, a really productive season. Over the last three years, 80% of the running backs drafted in the first round have finished as an RB1. So teams use their first round pick on a running back for a reason. And obviously, Rex Burkhead is a night, nightmare matchup. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Often hurt as well. Though. And so is James White. But those guys can't do, you know, they can't handle the carry load that Deion Lewis did last year. And it showed in the way that they used them last year. Um, how many how many carries would you guess Rex Burkhead had last season? 120. Way less. Uh, Half of that. Okay. I was going to, okay. I was, 64 he had. 
I might have been pretty close. 64, and Only he had 36 I, targets. I did already do the deep dive on the on the New England backfield. Right, so he's going to be used in that you know that same type of role. James White had 72 targets, 42 carries. Mike Gillisley only had 100 carries last year. So Surprising to me that he had more than Burke. All had. three of those guys combined to only have 31 more carries than Deion Lewis did last year. So there's clear they clearly, in my opinion, that shows that they don't really trust Rex Burkhead and James White to be the, these guys that are getting carries. They're going to be using them to split them outside and run routes and get carries every once in a while. But the guy who's going to be in the backfield all the time is going to be Sonny Michelle, who they draft in the first round. Biggest problem with this bold prediction, and I will admit now, Fumbly. he's got fumble problems. <laughs> and one fumble could doom him. But why would they pick him if they really thought that, you know, if they were that concerned about his fumbling, they're, they're New England. They wouldn't even pick him. They wouldn't even bother, I don't think. So I don't think it's going to be a problem. And for that reason, I think he's just going to be awesome. The Patriots the last <laughs> two years have had two, no doubt, RB1 starters every single week in LeGarrette Blunt and Deion Lewis. And Sonny Michelle is the next one in line. This is the first one where I'm completely out on it. And therefore, this will be the one that comes true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his fumble rate is actually twice that of uh, qualified college draftees this year. Yeah. So as you look through, like... Which is pretty incredible that the Patriots of all teams picked him <laughs> well, that's in the first round. Yeah, I think it just incredible. shows they that they need think, so much defensive. I help. think it just shows that they think it's something improvable. You know what I mean? That he can get better, and he's gotten better throughout his college career at it. He was like, it was like three oh percent of all his touches his junior year, which is crazy. And now he he got it down to he cut it in half okay. his senior year. So you assume that he'll get better. But I, I read he like fumbled like the first day in camp yeah, and stuff I was like that. Say, they already sent but him running. Like I said, I think that that's going to be something that they're going to live with. Because they drafted him so high, and if that's even the case... I mean, he's so explosive. If it's just the one year that they're like, you know what, we're just going to live with the fumbles, then he's going to be awesome. Imagine yeah. Kareem Hunt, because he had his first NFL carry fumbled, was a Patriot. And it, it just and what never, never was. Never would have happened. Never would have happened. <laughs> yeah. happened. Alright, I don't have a Patriots bold prediction, because you guys did such a good job of then yours. Then get out. But I will stay then. in the AFC East. <laughs> Tom Brady will... Wait... <laughs> Nope. I was say, um, <laughs> no. You uh, tricked me. Kenny well, Stills. Traded. <laughs> Kenny Stills will the be Jets. A, <laughs> Kenny Stills will be a top fifteen wide receiver this year. Obviously, he, I love it. He's improved his fantasy production every year since he got to Miami, after posting almost a thousand yards and nine touchdowns in his rookie year as a Saint. And Jarvis Landry's departure leaves a whopping. 161 targets from last year up for grabs. Oh, yeah. Sure, some of those will go to Danny Amendola. Yes, some will go to Devontae Parker, even though they probably shouldn't. And both but, of them can easily get hurt. But but those two are not exactly the healthiest horses in the stable, and Stills has played in every game of his career except for one, which he missed in his rookie year with New Orleans. If this is truly, quote-unquote, the year for Ryan Tannehill, it will be in his best interest to feed the ball to Stills, who managed to notch 847 yards and six touchdowns on an egregious 58 catches in last year's lost year at quarterback for Miami. He had a great year. We're all in on this guy this year. I don't Scott, know, 15 tell is me. tough. But Kenny Stills in 10th round every single draft. There you go. <laughs> we're going to have him in every league. Yep. Get ready, guys. The Scott is going to get that tattooed on his You know throat. where we're going. 10th round in our, in our two QB draft. Hopefully well, none of them are listening. Al, who cares? They're not going <laughs> to. Yeah, they'll probably pick yeah, up. They're still like, good, let him go. <laughs> Fine, we'll take him. Um, but no, I, I think he um, he's better than Devontae Parker, and I think he showed that last year. 
he is the number one wide receiver on this team and he's not being drafted like it, which I think is a great value. Yes. Danny Amendola cannot stay on the field. I don't think he can handle 100 out of those 161 targets. No shot. So there, let's say he gets 80. Okay, there's 81 targets left. Maybe half of those go to Devontae Parker, but I don't think they should. Yeah, and and Devontae Parker had more targets Kenny than Kenny Stills to begin with anyway. I hear you. So now all of a sudden you got Kenny Stills getting a wide receiver one's he's share. A, yeah, he's a 100-target candidate. Yeah, and absolutely. Game planned you know, differently to he be can their, get up their and, premier guy. Yeah, he, can get up and, he can get up and get goal line looks. He can beat people deep for deep balls. I mean, I, I love this guy. I've fallen in love with his Could ADP. easily live in garbage time. You know too. what he reminds exactly. me of this year? Uh, he reminds me of uh, how we felt about Robbie Anderson last year. Right. Because yeah. he can do the deep ball. He can get like the big lion's share. When he gets it, he's productive with right. it the same way Robbie Anderson had two years ago. And But he's, they're both labeled as just speedsters. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and we, we saw Robbie show out for at least for six weeks. Robbie's another guy that I'm, I'm, I'm warming to again this year. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see if he gets past his legal troubles. But um, yeah, I mean, it seems like they're they're behind the him in the courtroom. Reasons. But you know, the NFL, the NFL probably is still working. In. Yeah, yep. Yeah. All right, last round, gentlemen. All I right. saved my best for last. I'll, I, I'll throw that out there right now. All of mine were the best. My all favorite. Were awesome. uh, sorry, I'll, I saved my favorite <laughs> for last. All right, Zach Ertz and Trey Burton, now free of each other, will finish two and three in fantasy this year. I can't awesome. believe you actually used one of your bold predictions on tight ends. Well. You hate you them. know it's the uh, it's the position that I understand yeah, but, for some reason yeah yeah <laughs> and my hatred stems from a place of knowledge yes not clearly. from a place of uh, you know blind trust right so when I did the deep dive on these guys stats I found some interesting stuff so Trey Burton still had five touchdowns last year yeah when you want to talk about how the he Eagles, caught like he twenty had passes sixteen catches <laughs> yeah and he only had thirty one targets oh my goodness yeah so more surprising than that is that he had 60 targets in 2016. So the Eagles like him. They know he's a talented guy, and they halved his workload Yeah, because they wanted to get Ertz more involved. What did Ertz do but go out and show out? Oh, yeah. Ertz clearly established himself as a top-five tight end, so it's Easily. not crazy to say that he'll finish number two this year, even in some of our not drafts. At all. Yeah. We see him being drafted that way. Yeah, a lot the, of our mocks. The crazier part is to say that Burton. Burton will do it. The reason that I think Ertz will have uh, an easier time again is because now he's getting those five touchdown looks that yeah. went to Trey Burton theoretically can go directly to him and the extra targets. And then that's Burton, true. He can however, push toward TE1. And we're talking about Matt Nagy on this show constantly. Burton is going to go to the Bears where Matt Nagy kind of birthed Travis Kelsey. Right. And uh, – <laughs> That's weird, could say. Yeah. He birthed Travis Kelsey. Um, either way. Yeah, well, I'm like, right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Either way, they're going to get him a lion's share of targets. So free of each other, they should be able to flourish. Agreed. I mean, with that much production, five touchdowns as a tight end on that few amount of targets. It's insane. There's nothing more you can ask for for a tight end. And I know that I've been kind of anti Traber in rhetoric because he's so trendy. Right. But it's just crazy that 22% of his targets resulted in an end zone touchdown. Insane. Obviously, an end zone touchdown. A right. touchdown. Right. And he threw for a pass in the Super Bowl. Got to bring it up. According Touch to always, pass we in always the Super do. Bowl. Good yeah. job. Good job. I, so, I, if you didn't do it, I was going to. So not only does he have the 20-some-odd percent chance of scoring on every reception statistically last year, um, he has a you know, .005% chance of throwing a touchdown. 
<laughs> yeah, there you go. I love it. Yeah, I and like if there's that too. something going on with the quarterback room, maybe he steps in, and slings maybe a couple. Trey Burton, he, t- he starts taking snaps. Well, they let maybe Tariq- he can keep his tight end eligibility, but you can play him when they start when the Bears. They let Tariq Cohen throw a ball last year. He got picked off. Oh yeah, so yeah. him and Kelsey both. Kelsey threw a pick last yeah. year too. Yeah, yeah. I did see a lot of. Uh, I looked through the stats of people who were throwing balls and. Not very good. Yeah, because I did try to find the worst quarterbacks. Right. And I just sorted, and it brought up, like, Tariq Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you go to, like, worst rating. Yeah. <laughs> Doug Baldwin, probably perfect passer rating with this. Well, I didn't find him because I was looking at the crappy ones. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> All right, Scotty, what did you say for us? All right, my last one is this will be the last year that you can truly steal value on slot receivers. Oh. Just really in general. Like, you're going to lose out on guys like – Randall Cobb, Cooper Cup, Julian Edelman, Jamison Crowder, Nelson Aguilar, who are all going in close to the double-digit rounds right now, who are highly skilled, highly utilized, highly targeted, targeted in the red zone, are almost locks for five touchdowns and a target share that you know typically gets you drafted in the earlier rounds. But yeah. these guys don't get picked like that because the standard format used to be the standard for Yahoo and ESPN. Now that this year those two have both changed where Yahoo is half PPR, ESPN is full PPR standard leagues, all these noobs and novices <laughs> are finally going to catch on to like, the great things we've had going with these slot receivers that have shown their ability like that. Like Even like the the higher up, like I bet Golden Tate goes a lot higher than than he has in in, in recent, recent years. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I think a, I think one of your boys, Emmanuel Sanders, who's uh, another like another part of this is like guys who show they can play outside and move into the slot are going to get drafted like way higher. We need to come up. We need to uh, have a meeting of the minds one of these days and pour over the slot receivers because I've been trying to think of like a a term to categorize these guys right. as like. I want to find out who are the best slot receivers who score, and I want to find. I want to put right. it to an acronym. Yeah, that doesn't work for one. Yeah, <laughs> and I want to like just coin, coin the phrase. Right, because like when you're looking at the, we bring it up like every episode now. Right. Cooper Cup, Emmanuel Sanders, like those guys who can score and get bail you out in PPR. Right, they're like the new currency, especially if you go early exactly. at running back. So I, I totally agree. I'd love to even get deeper and bolder on this as the Is slot yeah. machine too obvious. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Actually. That's pretty cool. Yeah, All right. I like that. Not an acronym, though. Not an acronym, a nickname. Slot receivers who score, so it's like... Yeah, all right. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll have to have a meeting of the minds about that then. All righty, guys, ready? No argument on that one. Yeah, no, Scott, that was great. The secret's Um, out on PPR. Yeah, I think, and and now that it's going to be more widespread, I think the the analysts and all, you know, the ADP and everything is going to finally start Mm -hmm. next season to... You know, catch up to what we've been saying about all these types of things. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the new thing is swerves. Swerves, dude. Swerves. <laughs> swerves. All right. Devontae so Adams. <laughs> Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham will combine for 30 touchdowns. It's not even bold. They did, they almost did last year. I know. Well, they're going to this year. The last time Aaron Rodgers didn't complete a 16-game season, the Packers QB ran away with the MVP voting. Reports are coming in that he's in the best shape of his life, and the new Green Bay gunslinger is ready to roll. With the exit of Jordy Nelson, that's at least 10 passing touchdowns unaccounted for. Not to mention, 
Randall Cobb's career high for Tuds is 12, but that was in 2014, which was the only season of his career where Randall Cobb played all 16 games. He had a hell of a season that year. He did. <laughs> yeah. Throw in the unproven Geronimo Allison and the long-limbed, long-named rookies Equinemia St. Brown, Jamon Moore, oh, yeah. and Marcus Valdez-Scantling, and there's little for A.A. Ron to trust. That's where Devontae Adams, who has risen up the Packers' wide receiver ranks the past few years, comes in. Double-digit tuds, even with Jordy around last year and the year before, and he's already set his sights on the 20-tuddy club on Twitter. Pencil him in for 15-plus. Nice alliteration. Now we come to Jimmy Graham, who will win Aaron Rodgers' trust immediately with his goal-to-go post-ups, which will help Rodgers when he buys, buys himself time in the pocket. The Packers' run game is very unclear, and the one with the most experience is a converted wide receiver who spent more time on the injury report than in the backfield towards the end of last season. Plus... With Rodgers understanding that he's not as unbreakable as he once was, he'll be less of a rushing threat in the red zone. So Jimmy Graham yeah, is right. also <laughs> also Jimmy Graham is six foot eight. I couldn't think of a funny transition for saying that, but it seems important. If only he was six foot nine. Yeah, yeah. man. If only, then this wouldn't be bold. <laughs> if only all of us were six foot seven. That'd I be mean, cool. it's bold for sure. Um, you know, that's a lot of touchdowns for. I don't think for, this has ever happened where two receivers have had. 15. That many touchdowns. Uh, yeah, yeah. Co combined Honestly, for 30. maybe Randy Moss and uh, Wes Walker in 2011. Yeah, uh, give me when a second. Moss had uh, 21. Yeah. And Brady threw for. And Wes Walker. I just was looking at that. Like, or like obviously. maybe like DT Julius Thomas and Peyton's uh, big season. Yeah. Could have been, yeah. Maybe. So it happens. So there, it's there's. Yeah. There's well, reason, I'm thinking if there's, there's a club. This is the next one, huh? Devontae Adams. So you got Rodgers throwing like there's 50 touchdowns. To be no, I think he's going to throw 40, and I think 30 of them are going to go to Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham. They're just going to be so I think Tymont gets like two. Cobb gets four. Um, Allison gets two. And maybe one of the rookies gets three or four. And you didn't even bring up the uh, targets vacated from Janice going to the Browns, too. Well, I mean, I'm still reeling. There's like that four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's four preseason targets per game just gone. For uh, so Deshaun yeah. Kaiser. <laughs> yeah, for Deshaun Kaiser to throw to. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. Well, do, aren't you? I thought Keep you were scoring. looking up. I thought you were looking up the, if anyone had done that. Oh, I, I thought we had gotten you off of that. On the computer and everything. <laughs> yeah. All right. So while you do that, I'll take the reins and uh, wrap it up the way you usually do. Yeah. Okay. Next time. You Let's can follow it. us on Twitter at RutsFF. You can also follow us on Instagram at RutsFF. And SoundCloud. And SoundCloud at RutsFF. Or maybe just a slash. You can follow us yeah. on MySpace at MySpace.com. No, you can't. Uh, you can follow Scott on Twitter at WagsFF. You can follow Don on Twitter at WhySoSerious. You can follow me on Twitter at HillierFF. And Don, do we have an answer? I'm and on the page for the 2007 Patriots. 11. So, woof. Oh, man, we're in trouble. <laughs> no, 2007 was the Brady, was the 50 touchdown year. Maybe you're right. Let's see. All right. Passing. Tom Brady. 50 touchdowns. There we go. There nice. we go. All right. Receiving. Moss had 21. Welker had eight. Randy Moss had 23. So they had 31 wow. combined. Let's go. And then what was Moss the year had of. 23. Uh, <laughs> what was the year that Peyton broke the record? 2013? I think so. Yeah. That sounds, Julius Thomas that didn't have right. 10. No? I don't think so. I thought he had a lot, dude. He... There were a couple games where he had multiple, I thought. Julius Thomas had 12. Demarius Ooh. Thomas had 14. So they had 28 combined. But 26. 26. Oh, 26. <laughs> but Wes Welker had, had 10 oh, and Welker. Eric Decker had 11. Oh <laughs> so only... they had four guys in double-digit tuds. If only Wes Welker was on the current 
Green Bay Packers, this would be a lock. He is the key to it all. You're <laughs> right. Key. It's Welker. He's the key. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, so that'll do it, gentlemen. Nice job on those predictions. This is always a fun one to to research, and and it's amazing how like some of these, we don't even know which ones, but some of these won't like even Darwin, be close. Baby. Yeah, but the, the the cooler thing is that some of them are close because right some now, of them are going to work out for sure. Right, right now, they we sound pay a too much crazy. attention yeah. to this to get all fifteen of them wrong. Yeah, we'll see. Good. We have more predictions this year, so therefore <laughs> yeah. we really should get more right. Next year, let's just come out with like a hundred, yeah. <laughs> and then we'll yeah, right. definitely get some. Yeah, that episode will be like eight hours long. <laughs> we'll do it as a live stream on Twitch or something. All right, uh, Tom, you did a great job plugging the socials, so I don't have to keep scoring. Yeah.